Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue our journey through the book of Amos today. And we are on chapter two as we move through the judgments on the neighboring nations of Israel. And chapter two starts with the nation of Moab. And Moab was one of the descendants of Lot. And Moab's king hired Balaam to curse Israel, but God would not let Balaam curse Israel. He would only allow him to speak blessing over Israel. And the the Moab nation was taken in and taken over by the Assyrians and eventually became a nomadic area. And no, the nation of Moab essentially disappeared and no longer existed. And God is giving warning to the surrounding nations, just as he gives warning to Israel and Jerusalem and Judah to respond to God, to repent to God, to be warned and to know that judgment was coming, but they could turn to God and they could be free from judgment if they submit their lives and their hearts to God. And with that, we'll continue into chapter two, verse one. This is what the Lord says. The people of Moab have sinned again and again, and I will not let them go unpunished. They desecrated the bones of Edom's king, burning them to ashes. So I will send down fire on the land of Moab, and all the fortresses in Kerioth will be destroyed. The people will fall in the noise of the battle. As the warriors shout and the ram's horn sounds, and I will destroy their king and slaughter all their princesses. Princesses, says the Lord. Princes. All their princes. <laughs> Apparently I can't say that word. So he continually says in his judgments that fire is coming and God is a devouring fire. And if we submit our lives to our Lord and Savior, to our Messiah, to Yeshua, to Jesus who came and died on the cross so that we could be free, so that we could be seen as righteous. He died in our places so that we could stand before God in his place as righteous and holy and pure. And he did that for us. But God's devouring fire, if we do not have Jesus, Jesus will devour and judgment will come and it will be an eternal devouring. But if we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if we submit our lives to him, we are safe. We are held in his arms. We are safe forever. We are soul safe with Jesus. And then we move on to the judgment of Judah and Israel as we move into verse 4. This is what the Lord says. The people of Judah have sinned again and again, and I will not let them go unpunished. They have rejected the instruction of the Lord, refusing to obey his decrees. They have been led astray by the same lies that deceived their ancestors. So I will send down fire on Judah and all the fortresses of Jerusalem will be destroyed. This is what the Lord says. The people of Israel have sinned again and again, and I will not let them go unpunished. They sell honorable people for silver and poor people for a pair of sandals. They trample helpless people in the dust and shove the oppressed out of the way. Both father and son sleep with the same woman, corrupting my holy name. At their religious festivals, they lounge in clothing their debtors put up as security. In the house of their gods, they drink wine bought with unjust fines. So they have extremely, extremely become immoral and they blaspheme God and they continually sin and do these evil things. And 
there's these religious acts that they do that are nothing but lip service and in their hearts, they're oppressing people in their actions and in their daily lives. They're hurting innocent people, oppressing the poor and taking advantage of the people who are poor and the widows and the orphans. And regardless, God still loves them and they believes in him and, and offers restoration and repentance for them if they would just turn to God. And they're they're sinning against God and they're hurting humanity. And God created humans in his image. We have God's stamp on our lives and how we steward our lives should honor God and give glory to him and in respect for him and who he is with great gratitude and reverence and awe of God and who he is. And in God's mercy, God's going to allow a remnant of Jerusalem Jews, the Jewish nation, to return and establish a nation that is going to rebuild the temple in his in his reverence, in his awe, in his glory, they will be rebuilt and they can choose to repent and turn to God. Just like every one of us can turn to repent, we can turn to God and choose to repent and choose to submit our lives to him. And instead they were enjoying the good life as they call it. And they were assuming they were safe especially the people of Judah, because they lived in Jerusalem and that was God's city. But just because of where you live doesn't make you holy. It's what's on the inside. It's what's in your heart that matters. And you can't just get away with sin and then go to church on Sunday and fake it thinking you're going to be fine. It's it's a heart change that happens. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are reset. We are made new. We have new hearts. Our hearts break for what breaks Jesus' hearts. And we are changed as people into being more and more glorious in his sight. We become more and more like Jesus the more we fall in love with him and who he is. And rebellion and sin is going to be accounted for, but he gives us a safety. He gives us a boat we can jump into. If we choose to jump into his boat, he will rule us and guide us and lead our lives. And with that, we'll continue into verse nine. But as I watch, as my people watched, I destroyed the Amorites, though they were as tall as cedars and as strong as oaks. I destroyed the fruit of their branches and dug out their roots. It was I who rescued you from Egypt and led you through the desert for 40 years so you could possess the land of the Amorites. I chose some of your sons to be prophets and others to be Nazarites so you could deny Can you deny this, my people of Israel, asked the Lord? But you caused the Nazarites to sin by making them drink wine, and you commanded the prophets to shut up. So I will make you groan like a wagon loaded down with sheaves of grain. Your fastest runners will not get away. The strongest among you will become weak. Even mighty warriors will be unable to save themselves. The archers will not stand their ground, and the swiftest runners won't be fast enough to escape. Even those riding horses won't be able to save themselves on the day the most courage on that day the most courageous of your fighting men will drop their weapons and run for their lives says the lord then it continues in chapter 3 verse 1 listen to this message that the lord has spoken against you o people of israel against the entire family i rescued from egypt 
From among all families on the earth, I have been intimate with you alone. That is why I must punish you for all your sins. And here he's saying, out of all the people that should know God and who he is and have awe and fear of God, it's the Israelites. God has been with them. His power has been shown to them. His miracles, his mighty hand, his mighty arm. And instead, they're getting rich by exploiting people, oppressing people, and killing innocent as they worship the false idols. And God led them out of Egypt. He cared for them in the wilderness. He destroyed the other nations around them so they could claim their inheritance. And he gave them his word through his prophets. He gave them warning and he raised up dedicated people to lead them. But instead of being humbled by these blessings, the people rebelled against God and rejected the messages and wanted nothing but sin and the worship of false idols and gluttony and immorality. And they had no fear of God or awe of God or reverent for God and who he is. And the goodness of God, it should lead us to repentance. It should lead us to say, Lord, have mercy. And his love and long suffering are true. And he does wait. He is patient. He is slow to anger. But eventually, time runs out and sin has to be dealt with, especially when innocent people are dying and children are being burned on false altars to false gods. In verse 3 of chapter 3, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Does a lion ever roar in a thicket without first finding a victim? Does a young lion growl in its den without first catching its prey? Does a bird ever get caught in a trap that has no bait? Does a trap spring shut when there's nothing to catch? When the ram's horn blows a warning, shouldn't people be alarmed? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has planned it? Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, so who isn't frightened? The sovereign Lord has spoken, so who can refuse to proclaim his message? Announce this to the leaders of Philistia and to the great ones of Egypt. Take your seats now on the hills around Samaria and witness the chaos and oppression in Israel. My people have forgotten how to do right, says the Lord. Their fortresses are filled with wealth taken by theft and violence. Therefore, says the sovereign Lord, an enemy is coming. He will surround them and shatter their defenses. Then he will plunder all their fortresses. That is why, this is what the Lord says, a shepherd who tries to rescue a sheep from a lion's mouth will recover only two legs or a piece of an ear. So it will be for Israelites in Samaria, lying on luxurious beds and for the people of Damascus reclining on couches. Now listen to this and announce it throughout all Israel, says the Lord, the Lord God of heaven's armies. On the very day I punish Israel for its sins, I will destroy the pagan altars at Bethel. The horns of the altar will be cut off and fall to the ground, and I will destroy the beautiful homes of the wealthy, their winter mansions and their summer houses too. All of their palaces filled with ivory, says the Lord. So the Lord poured out these blessings to them, and instead of using them for God's honor and stewarding them well in God's honor, they were using them to worship false idols, and they were using them to decorate their palaces while they took advantage of the poor, and they got all these wealthy things from stealing from the poor and oppressing people. But it says there will be two legs and a piece of an ear that will remain. There is a small remnant that will remain through the devastation that is to come and did come in 722 BC with the takeover from Assyria. And God gives warning. 
And he says, hear this word. And he called out to people to repent and turn, but they refused. And if we don't open our hearts to hear his word and obey him, we were we become in danger of hardening our hearts to God. And we don't want to harden our hearts to God because God is amazing. And he is our father. And he wants to pour out goodness and blessing and rescue us. He wants us to jump into his lifeboat. And he gives us this gracious call, a call to choose him over everything in this world because everything in this world is temporary. And he had a plan to send Jesus before he even created us. He knew we would need Jesus and he is graceful and merciful. So he sends us a rescue. He sends us a delivery. He sends us a way to be saved from ourselves and the sin and we are saved by the precious blood of our Lord and Jesus, our Savior. And we need to live separated from the sinful world because we are rescued. We are delivered. We are separate. We are set apart. And we are called by God to stand firm in our foundational faith through Him. And we know Him. And we spend time with Him. We spend time in the Word. We devour His Word. We want to know more and more about Him and get to know Him more on a more personal level. And we fall more and more in love with Jesus. And we do this because we choose Jesus over everything else around us. We choose Jesus. And he desires each and every one of us to choose him and to, to live under his grace and his mercy and be amazed and blown away by his love and his grace. And he wants to, to pour out his love and glory through our lives. He wants us to be a part of his story for his glory. And he wants us to trust him. He's been in all of our tomorrows. We can trust him. He has us. He has us in his arms and he won't let go. As long as we stay firm in faith and do not waver, we can choose to jump from his arms, but he will not let go and he will not stop loving us. And he wants to carry us through all the way through till eternity. He doesn't want to let us go and he won't let us go. He's not going to stop loving us no matter what. Thanks, y'all. I hope you're having a most wonderful day.